<laughs> oh, so, can you guys hear me okay? Yep. Yeah, yep. it's perfect. So I take it Ezra is just not going to join us for this really episode, not. is he? No. I guess not. Ugh. What a loser. Ugh. I, I know. If he's what? getting laid right now, that's okay. But if that's if that's not happening, that is That not is acceptable. not the case, and you know it. That is definitely not the case. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, it's annoying. I've made like two slides just for Ezra and Dennis, and neither of them can be here for this episode. So, uh, ah, screw them. Yeah, it's their loss. That, that is they no they have to listen to it now. Yep, yep. I'm just I mean, I don't know for them. If, if you don't listen to the episodes after we post them, are you really a podcast member? That's Sick. true. <laughs> Until you hear your own voice and turn it off. Yeah, I've had to listen to myself way too often. I still don't like yeah, the I sound feel of bad my voice. For you. <laughs> I'm about to say you edit it, so I could understand if you were like, "Fuck it, I'm not listening to that." Definitely, because you listen to it fucking multiple times. Each time I edit an episode, I hear it about three times. So oh, yeah, Jesus, <laughs> you poor bastard. Yeah, yeah. But whilst we talk about the podcast, uh, let's just start this. Welcome to the Micro Machines podcast. Unfortunately, Dennis couldn't make it to this episode, so me, Callum, will be hosting this episode and with us uh ezra couldn't make it but we've got two others joining us for this episode uh let's know who it is let's know uh it's jack here i'm on the podcast pretty often uh and i've got some water with me that's all just just water all right well it's uh your old buddy greg or garrison garrison's my first name uh no longer in Southern California, now in the old Midwest of oh, Wichita, yeah, congrats, Kansas. Oh, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. I was going to say, first, first podcast, first time you can say I'm no longer in SoCal. Yes, no longer <laughs> in SoCal. Uh, finally in the it's Midwest. Refreshing. <laughs> it is, except for the fact that my entire family is sick, so that's that's fun. Oh, so you can't enjoy the non-smoggy air? I mean, no, we're definitely enjoying it, don't get me wrong, but... Holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll get on to Kansas later. I'm drinking a Powerade Zero Sugar Grape Sports Drink. Uh, <laughs> and I'm also normally on the podcast. Hobby Fuel. Hobby <laughs> Fuel. And you've got me, Callum, who is hosting it. I am drinking my regulation strong as fuck black coffee because it's the only thing that keeps me going through a day. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm down in New Zealand. If I had to record in the mornings, I'd be chugging that coffee down. You know, the bad thing is, what? it's like half two in the afternoon. <laughs> I was oh, about yeah, to I say, forgot. bro, like most episodes we record, I'm drinking coffee and it was at like seven, eight o'clock at night then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Shall we get this shit started? Go for it, bro. It's your episode. Yeah. So today I thought I'd talk about the Grumman TBF Avenger. Purely because this is one of my favorite aircraft. It is not my favorite. That belongs to the Mosquito. The Mosquito will always be my favorite aircraft. But the Avenger is a close second. Not sure why. I just love this aircraft a lot. It's got a ball on it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the first time I came across the Avenger was when I was, I want to say, eight. And I was given a model. Uh, I was given the 72nd Academy model for it which oh, i built it at... how are you still modeling uh that was when i was 10 i took a long well no i was about eight and i took a long break 
Although, you guys rag on about the Academy like aircraft models. They are actually really good. Like, they're better than they I don't want to believe be. it. I don't want to okay, believe Ezra. it. Okay, <laughs> Ezra. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway. So, we'll talk about the uh, actual Avenger first. So, first up, before we talk about the Avenger, we should probably talk about uh, the aircraft that came before it. Uh, there was a reason the Avenger was, in, was uh, created. And that is this. The Douglas TBD Devastator. Arguably, probably one of the worst aircraft uh, used during the Second World War, some people argue. There's others saying, no, it was perfectly fine for its time. You know, it was one of those that got outclassed pretty quickly in the start of the war. Man, it just looks so slow. <laughs> it was. Um, like that, I feel like getting that thing off the ground was like the hardest struggle. thing you had to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, so the Devastator um, came before... There was one before. I know it as the it was the Vindicator. I think it was. There was a there was an aircraft before it. I think the I think the British called it the the Vindicator. Um, however, so the quick history on the Devastator. It first flew in 1935 and entered service in 37. At that point in 1937, it was the most advanced aircraft for the Navy. But this is 1937. However, because of the uh, speed of aircraft development. Um, by 1941, when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, it was outdated. But uh, we all know that the uh, America was a little bit behind on all their uh, aircraft development at the start of the war. Man, they were behind on everything. Yeah. So in early battles, the Devastator performed well, uh, notably at the Battle of Coral Sea. However, then a notable battle turned up. Can we take a guess on which one? Pearl Harbor. After the Battle of Coral Sea. Oh, after uh, Midway. Yes. The Battle of Midway happened, in which 41 Devastators um, recorded zero torpedo hits against carriers. Do you know how many? Do you know how many of the 41 Devastators made it back? To I believe they were based off the USS Hornet. I'm not going to guess a lot. Six. Oh no! How <laughs> devastating! Yes. <laughs> Out of 41 devastators, only six returned. They were vastly outclassed in speed and maneuverability by the uh, Mitsubishi Zero, uh, so most of them were wiped out. The only things that actually helped in the Battle of Midway was mainly the SBD Dauntless dive bomb. Dom, ah, fucking. SBD Dauntless Dive Bombers. Jesus. You know what? Good for the aircraft there. Yeah. So they sank four carriers and a heavy cruiser. So uh, the Devastator does get a slight pass on this. Um, it was recorded that the Devastator's dismal performance was later attributed to the <sighs> defects of the US Mark 13 torpedo. Uh, it wasn't a good torpedo. Um Actually, the America did not make very good torpedoes at all. There was also, they also had the Mark 14 torpedoes used for aircraft and submarines, which has the only recorded self-kill. A Mark 14 was fired by a submarine, and it managed to go in a nice wide circle and destroy its own submarine. Believe it or not. What the fuck? Yes. What kind of backwards-ass, janky... Oh my god. Yeah. A little another fact of the uh, Mark 14. It wasn't a contact torpedo. It was supposed to go just underneath the hull and then have a magnet 
that set it off directly underneath a boat. The magnet was sometimes so sensitive, the magnetic force of Earth would set them off. Oh, Jesus, fuck. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> they, they were not good torpedoes, and neither was the Mark 13 torpedo. Uh, whereas, well, out of 41 that could have been fired at carriers, none of them actually did anything. So, yeah. So, after the Battle of Midway, where it was shown that the Devastator was just not useful anymore, the aircraft was withdrawn from frontline service and was replaced with the Avenger. Yay. I fuck with the color scheme. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, I do like the uh, the blue. Now then, the first prototype, designed by Leroy Grumman, was called the XTBF-1. It first flew on 7th of August 1941. Now, the Avenger was the heaviest single-engine aircraft of World War II, and only the USAAF's P-47 Thunderbolt came close to equaling it in maximum load weight among single-engine fighters. I can attest, um, there is an Avenger in the museum close to me. It is massive. You know, for a single engine, you wouldn't believe just how much it can carry, what fits, all of that. It is a big aircraft. It looks oh, massive. I bet. I mean, look at the look people at down there, dude. People, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the t- the uh, Thunderbolt was only lighter by 400 pounds than the TBF. Yeah. So, to ease carrier, sto- uh, carrier storage concerns, because, again, it's massive, as well as the F4F uh, Wildcat and Howlcats and all that, uh, Grumman designed the Avenger to also use the new, what they call, stow wing patented compound angle, as we can see on the top left photo there, uh, wing folding mechanism intended to maximize storage space on an aircraft carrier, which is much better than the Japanese um, if you have you seen the Japanese zeros with their <clears throat> quote wing folding, it was literally about two foot of the tip of the wings folded up. That was about it. Whereas the Americans managed to develop it so they fold all the way back, and you could just fit a whole lot more. So, yeah. Now the in- so the uh, the engine used was a twin row right. Uh, uh, 2600-20 twin cyclone 14-cylinder radial, which produced 1,900 horsepower, which is uh, quite, a, quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Well, you'd, you'd need it. you got a single engine carrying all of that. Bro, I was about to say, do you see how big that bitch is? You <laughs> <laughs> just talked about his payload. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, there was a th- crew of three. You had the pilot, turret gunner, and probably the most overworked person in there, the radio man slash bombardier slash ventral gunner. I like how he gets three roles and the other two have just gone, yeah, we're just this. It's like the Japanese commander on the Chiha yeah. tanks. Yeah. He's multitasking. Now, the early versions had a single, a single synchronized 30 caliber machine gun mounted on the nose. A 50 cal was mounted next to the tail... Uh, the turret gunner's head in a rear-facing configuration, as we can see the ball turret on top, and there was a single 30 cal hand-fired machine gun in the ventral position. Uh, later on, the 30 cal in the nose was replaced with two 50 cals, the M2, the AN M2 50 cal, 
in the wing, uh, primarily because it was uh, considered better for head-on attacks or strafing duties. The single 30 just wasn't really doing much. Yeah, but so they got rid of those quite early on, didn't they? Yeah, it was uh, it was a, the very early versions had the uh, 30 cal. Now, the gun was the rear gun was fired by the radio man bombardier while standing up and bending over the belly of the tail the tail section. I've seen a cross section for it. It looks hilarious. It looks very oh uncomfortable as well. Do you have a picture of it? I no, I forgot to add it in. Because I'm a dick. Oh. <laughs> you, the one picture I wanted to see. Yeah. God damn it, Callum. Yeah, although usually he sat on a folding bench facing forward to operate the radio and to sight in on bomb runs. Oh, great. So he, yeah, he's bench. just like, he's doing the radio, he's doing the bombing, he's fighting off things. Bugger being that. That's a hell of a resume. Yeah. If you made it back. <laughs> if you made it back. <laughs> Now, there was only one set of controls in the aircraft, and no direct access to the pilot's position existed from the rest of the aircraft's interior. The radio equipment was massive, especially by today's standards, and filled the length of the well-framed greenhouse canopy to the rear of the, co- rear of the pilot. So that entire section between the, uh, where the pilot sits and the gunner, that's all radio. Holy fuck. Yep. Oh, radio- I mean, I, I kind of get it, because like, yeah. radios then are huge. Yeah, back then they were. Plus, you know, you'd need all, you'd have all the navigational equipment in there since you are, you know, spending a long amount of time over the Pacific Ocean where there's not a lot of land base. So, uh, the radios were accessible for repair through a <coughs> tunnel along the right-hand side. I would not want to be that. A tunnel. Yeah. Imagine you got to go in the tunnel, you're, you're fixing shit, yada, yada, yada. Then fucking homeboy pilot gets schwacked, and yep. you've got your parachute, but you can't get out because you're going on a fucking nosedive, yep. and you're stuck. <laughs> or you're stuck in the tunnel. Or the fact you can't get to the pilot's position from inside, so if he gets hit and everyone else is fine, you've got to climb out of the aircraft, up to the pilot's um, seat, pull him out, and possibly throw his dead body out into the slipstream, and then climb in. You can't access it from the interior, which is... Um, Bit of a design flaw, I guess, you know? No That's man left like... behind except for here. <laughs> Some James Bond engineering right there. Yeah. Um, currently, Avengers that fly today usually have an additional rear-mounted seat in place of the radios, allowing for four passengers. Uh, for a fourth oh, how passenger. convenient. Yes. So, the Avenger... Oops. That was dumb. I just clicked away from my notes. You silly goose. Why would you do that? I'm having a day, aren't I? (laughs) We all are, man. (laughs) Yeah. So the Avenger had a large bomb bay, allowing for one Bliss Levitt Mark 13 torpedo, which was basically useless, or a single 2,000-pound bomb or up to four 500-pound bombs. The aircraft had overall ruggedness and stability, and pilots pilots say it flew like a truck, for better or worse. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's not what I want my aircraft to fly like oh my God. I mean I guess it's a bomber uh, bomber no, no I'm not even going to say that because the Corsair you, you carried like 70% of the fucking bombs from fighter planes so never mind ignore yeah. me yeah oh shit sorry <laughs> my ears are ringing yeah yeah so <laughs> with its with its good radio facilities docile handling handling and long range the Grumman Avenger also made an ideal command aircraft for commanders. Commanders, um, 
So that'll be the commander's air group or CAGS. With a 30,000 foot ceiling and fully loaded range of 1,000 miles, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, it actually is really good. Yeah, it was better than any previous American torpedo bomber. And better than its Japanese counterpart, the obsolete Nakajima B-5N Kate. But Callum, what about the Dauntless? It's a dive bomber. But but the Dauntless... And actually, the Dauntless was superseded by the Helldiver, which deserves a presentation on its own because it was absolutely diabolically useless, horrible. No one liked it for a lot of reasons. By Callum. By Callum. <laughs> <laughs> I now, agree. I fucking hate, the, I hate that plan. <laughs> Later, Avenger models uh, carried radio equipment for the ASW and AEW roles. Uh, escort carrier sailors referred to the TBF as the Turkey because of its size and maneuverability in comparison <laughs> to the F4F Wildcats <laughs> in the same air groups. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, hey, no. get that fucking Turkey. <laughs> the Wildcat and the Turkey. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Let's see. So, there was quite a few nations that used the uh, TBF Avenger. Namely, one of them, the big, the big one, the U.S. Navy. Oh, that's a good nation. <laughs> oh, definitely. So, on the afternoon of seventh of December seventh, nineteen forty-one, Grumman held a ceremony to open a new manufacturing plant and display the new TBF in the public. Can you guess what happened on that day as well? Yeah, that's 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 very convenient. It's almost <laughs> like you knew something. Yeah. Um. So, seventh of December, nineteen forty-one. That was the day of Pearl Harbor. Um, when Grumman found out after the ceremony was over, the plant was quickly sealed off to guard against possible sabotage. <laughs> Suddenly it's, hey, we got this new aircraft. Oh, we're in a war. Just to just, just, just put it back. We do not have any aircraft. Yes, yes. We don't have this brand new torpedo bomber. No. Um, so by early June 1942, a shipment of more than 100 aircraft was sent to the Navy, arriving only a few hours after the three carriers quickly departed from Pearl Harbor for them to participate in the Battle of Midway. So Avengers didn't make it to the Battle of Midway. They could have, if they'd been a few hours earlier, but they weren't. It's, it's kind of funny how pivotal things like that are just happened by just something going wrong, just, you know, being a bit late or something like that. Like all the CEOs of uh, the Twin Towers just showing up to work late when the towers got hit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or the guy that bought it just happened to... Uh, he, his wife um, had made him go to an appointment she made instead of him going to work. Hmm, weird. Mm. Yes. Mm. Capitalist America? Not <laughs> work? When does that happen? Oh, when you set up a fucking... You know what? Never mind. I feel bad for yeah. the CEO with the scheduling issue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll save that for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> MMP 911 episode? What the fuck? Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on 24th of August 1942, the next major naval aircraft carrier battle occurred in the Eastern Solomons. Based from the carriers the Saratoga and Enterprise, four 20, uh, 24 TBFs were present and were able to sink the Japanese light carrier Ryuzo and claimed one dive bomber at the cost of seven aircraft. But so didn't they get absolutely raped, though? 
Yeah. So get kicked out of Guadalcanal. <laughs> yeah. Now, the first major prize for the TBFs, which had been assigned name Avenger in October 1941, was at the Naval Battle of Guadalcanal in 1942, when Marine Corps and Navy Avengers helped sink the Japanese battleship, the High. High? H-I-E-I. Eh, whatever. Which had been crippled the night before. After hundreds of the original TBF-1 models were built, the TBF-1, the TBF-1C began began production. The allotment of space for specialized internal and wing-mounted fuel tanks doubled the Avenger's range. By 1943, Grumman began to slowly phase out production of the Avenger to produce the F6F Hellcat. And the Eastern... Ew. Ew? I said ew. Well, there's nothing wrong with the Hellcat. Hellcat sucks. Hellcat, best cat. Hellcat can (laughs) die like a cat. <laughs> die like a kid. They don't die. They've got nine lives. <laughs> yeah, and then they get shot down. But the Corsair has eleven lives, so suck it. <laughs> so after Grumman uh, didn't produce the Avenger anymore, General, uh, the Eastern Aircraft Division of General Motors took over production. Uh, after this, the TBF was now designated as the TBM. So this was located in and e- uh, I want to say it's Ewing. E-W-I-N-G. You guys pronounce that Ewing, eh? The hell if I know, bro. Uh. Boeing. So it's it's located (laughs) in Ewing, New Jersey. (laughs) Of course it's in New Jersey. Yeah. So Grumman Grumman delivered a TBF-1 held together with sheet metal screws so the automotive engineers could disassemble it. (laughs) I hope it wasn't flowing with that. (laughs) Probably was. For being honest, it's from New Jersey. Yeah. So, starting in mid-1944, the TBM-3 began production with a more powerful power plant and wing hardpoints for drop tanks and rockets. The Dash-3 was the most numerous of the Avengers, with about 4,600 produced. However, most of the Avengers in service were Dash-1s until near the end of the war in 1945. Besides the traditional surface role of torpedoing ships, Avengers claimed about 30 submarine kills, including the cargo submarine I-52. They were one of the most effective sub-killers in the Pacific Theater, as well as in the Atlantic, where when escort carriers were finally able to, were finally available to escort Allied convoys. There, the Avengers contributed to the warding off of German U-boats whilst providing air cover for the convoys. After the Marianas Turkey shoot, in which more than 250 Japanese aircraft were downed, Admiral Mark Mitchell ordered a ordered a 220 aircraft mission to find the Japanese task force fighting 300 nautical miles away from the fleet at the extreme end of their range the group of Hellcats TBFs TBMs and dive bombers took many casualties however the Avengers from the independence class torpedo uh, aircraft carrier the USS Bellwood Bellwood yeah whatever sank the light carrier Hi, oh, I suck at names. <laughs> the light carrier Hi-O as their only major prize. Mitch's gamble did not pay off as well as he had hoped. So that was the US Navy using the Avengers. Who have we got next? The Royal Navy. The Royal Navy. Mm. What a so Navy. So the Navy gave the Avenger a different name. 
the Royal Navy gave him. They didn't call the. They didn't at the start call them Avengers. They were known as the Tarpon, because you know the British like to name shit differently to everyone else. I I, I like the camo. <laughs> it looks a bit weird to me. I don't know. Like I, Ameri- I think it looks cool. It looks like almost concept arty. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So initial, so <clears throat> so initially, the Royal Navy Fleet Air Arm called them the Tarpon. However, this name was discontinued, and the Avenger name was used instead as part of the process of the Fleet Air Arm universally adopting the U.S. Navy's names for American naval aircraft. I think mostly this is just so not to confuse everyone of aircraft they're using. You know, like. Um, what they call the uh, what was the wildcat? What did they call it? It was something stupid. Um, it was like the mantlet or something like that. I don't know, but it was British, so it was probably stupid. You're right. Yeah. So the first 402 aircraft was known were known as Avenger Mark One. 334 TBM-1s from were from Grumman. Oh my were god! What? Who the hell just joined? Ezra just joined. There's no Why? fucking way. Oh my what? god. Yes. Where the fuck have you been? Where, yeah, where have you been? You're on the Zencaster. Hey, uh, okay. Yeah. I kind of got busy. Hey. What was her name? <laughs> <laughs> I can't disclose that information right, you know, yet. <laughs> was it. Did that happen? I flew the fifth. We'll see. You just. You sh- I, we we got to know, man. Yeah, fill us in. Don't worry. <laughs> Is it was it a stug or an archer? Just let us know. Stug or archer? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Long stug or short barrel? No no, 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 no. Was it stug? Yes. Archer? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, All right, well you- welcome. Yeah, Glad welcome you made to it. the episode. Uh, Cal, Thank do you, you want to follow me real quick? So we are talking about the uh, the Avenger. Uh, we've just discussed design and development, what came before it, specifications, and the US Navy. We are now talking about the Royal Navy and their Avengers. That's where we're up to. All right. Oh, Ezra, introduce yes. yourself as if it's the start of the podcast. Oh, hello. I'm Ezra. I am in New Mexico, and I have no drinks. Oh, boring. Bro, what the <laughs> hell? Look at him fucking getting that shit out the way. Good, good on you, Ezra. Didn't no, even bring you. a drink. No. I got like some water, but that's it. Oh, well, I said water. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, now that he's back, what was I saying? Something about Britain. Ah, yep. Found it. Found it. So the first 402 aircraft were known as the Avenger Mark One. Uh, 334 TBM-1s from Grumman were called the Avenger Mark II, and the T- and 334 TBM-3s were designated Mark III. I've got a little interesting fact here. An interesting kill by a Royal Navy Avenger was the, destru- was the destruction of a V-1 flying bomb on 9th of July 1944. What? <laughs> the, the much faster V-1 was overtaking the Avenger when the, when the telegraphist air gunner in the dorsal turret leading airman Fred, Sh- Fred Schirmer, fired at it from 700 yards. That's a, that's a good aim. That's impressive. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. For this achievement, he was mentioned in dispatches, later being awarded the D- DSM, or Distinguished, is it the, it's the Distinguished Service Medal, is yeah. the D- DSM, for the 1945 Operation Mer- Meridian against the 
uh, Operation Meridian at action at Palembang. Hmm. I probably missed this, but they were firing at the V1 with 30 cals? Uh, 50s. Okay. Yeah, the uh, the turret the turret in the dorsal has a single 50 cal. All right. Which seems weird. You look at the turret and it's got a 50 cal to the right. You'd expect them to have like two 50s with that amount of space. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know why they decided that. Yeah, they held back with the 50s for once. <laughs> I mean, it's American. I would have expected like four 50s in there. Yeah, quad bolter. <laughs> yeah, we're slacking sometimes like we are now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so in january 1945 a british carrier raid on the songigat this oh for fuck's sake i gotta stop picking things that got strange names during operation meridian a fleet air arm avenger shot down a nakajima ki-44 tojo in low level combat over the jungle three avengers were modified to carry the highball bouncing bomb given the new code name uh, and they were given the new code name Taname Tamini Oh fuck. Tamia. Tamia. No, uh, it's T A M M A N Y. Taminia. Tamini Tamini Hall. Whatever. However, the trials were unsuccessful and they were returned to their standard configuration and passed on to the Royal Navy. Does anyone know what the highball was? It was a highball. Yeah. So we dropped so I take it. it you guys all know about um, the bouncing bomb? Dam busters, all of that? Yes, a little. Somewhat. Yeah. So the highball was basically a smaller version of that to be carried by, you know, Avengers, uh, mosquitoes, stuff like that. They were for smaller dams, um, refineries, you know, stuff like that that had uh, obstacles where you couldn't use a standard torpedo. Uh, the highball was basically a small down, a cut down version of the bouncing bomb. It was in a ball shape. It was just what they did was it spun backwards at high speed. So when it released, it skipped along the surface into its target. It was basically, yeah, it was a small version of the bouncing bomb. Hmm. <laughs> Damn, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, 100 USN TBM 3. E's were supplied to the fleet air arm in 1953 under the U.S. Mutual Defense Assistant Program. The aircraft was shipped from Norfolk, Virginia. Many aboard the Royal Navy carrier, the HMS Perseus. The Avengers were fitted with British equipment by Scottish Aviation and delivered as the Avenger AS.4 to several FAA squadrons, including numbers 767, 814, 815, 820, and 824. The aircraft were later replaced in 1954 by Ferry Gannets and were passed to squadrons in the Royal Navy Reserve. However, when the Royal Air Royal Navy Reserve was disbanded in 1957, the these uh, Air Avengers got transferred to the French Navy in 1957-1958. A lot of Avengers got bounced around to multiple people. Now, of course, uh, I <laughs> couldn't pass up the opportunity. <laughs> So, the US and the British operated Avengers. Uh, there is only one other Air Force during the Second World War that used the Avengers, and that is New Zealand, my home country. Now, if you have a look at the photos, the one on the top left, 
that is the one that is in the museum close to me. It's been, hmm. do you, um, so that's been just that's just been restored. Do you know what it used to be? A fire bomber. No, it used to be on a children's play park as a uh, climbing frame type thing. Oh, that's really cool! Oh, wow, I know. Isn't there a T thirty four? That's kind of the same thing. Over. Oh, I'd say there? there's a lot that's just been used in yeah. like parks and stuff. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And I couldn't get a decent photo. Bottom left, that that interesting camo scheme, that is black and yellow. That's funky. What would that be used for? Um, uh, I think that one's a training one. It was a training or test subject. Hmm. Yeah. So the only other operator in World War II was the Royal New Zealand Air Force, which used the type primarily as a bomber, equipping number number 30 and 31 squadrons with both both of them operating in the South Pacific Islands during 1944 in support of the Bougainville campaign. Some of the Avengers were later transferred to the British Pacific Fleet. And here's an interesting thing. In 1945, Avengers were involved in pioneering... pioneering oh, for God's sake. I need you another coffee. <laughs> I've run out of coffee. I need another one. So, Avengers were involved in pioneering trials of aerial top dressing in New Zealand that led to the establishment of an industry which markedly increased food production and efficiency in farming worldwide. Pilots of the Royal New Zealand Air Force's number 42 squadron spread fertilizer from Avengers besides runways at Okia Air Base and provided a demonstration for farmers at Hood Airdrome in Masterton. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Imagine being made Hmm. to go kill people. And then you are your your whole purpose is now to feed people, poison them. <laughs> oh god! Damn, veterans must hate them, hate their lives. Yeah, um, yeah, they up all next, do. Yeah, yeah. Up next, I've got a nice video I took of the Avenger in the top left photo. Uh, my dad, my dad and I happened to just go to the museum one day, and they had a bit of an event going. And one mm. of them, they were showing just how uh, the folding of the wings operated. They're all hydraulic. The early ones needed people to pull them out. These ones, they're just operated by themselves. And I thought I'll just show this little clip just because, you know, why not? Uh, for oh, please do. For audio listeners, sorry about this, but, you know. Go to YouTube. Wait, are we getting well, actual, like, footage? We're better than yeah. well, there's your problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys are watching it, you can see just how the uh, wings fold and open. Uh, they've even got the Bombay uh, doors opening and closing. That's really cool. They kept this one operational in that pat in that way. To yeah, as a demonstration. that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It was actually pretty cool um, when we turned out. They're just like, oh, we'll be uh, showing off this. I was like, oh, okay then. But the clip's only about you know, a minute and a half long. But now, while, while this is going, Callum, uh, if you could please... Uh, refresh the slides after or during our intermission. That would be amazing. Sounds good to me. Uh, can one of you add the intermission slide? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, fuck. I kind of forgot yeah. about that here. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it was a pretty cool event. They had the Avengers, um, you know, had the wings folding, had Bombay's doors. They were just showing it off. It was a pretty cool event. Just go on to the next slide if it will let me. I have never done this before. 
See, I mainly did this uh, did this one for um, Dennis. But he's not here, is he? Someone just had to get his seventh COVID shot. Uh, I know, right? So, Dennis, I know you'll watch this because I'll make you. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Boy does not have a choice on this one. So... One of the primary post-war users of the Avenger was the Royal Canadian Navy. They obtained 125 former U.S. Navy Avengers from 1950 to 1952 to pr- replace their uh, f- fairy fireflies. Huh. By the time the Avengers were delivered, the RCN was shifting its primary focus to ab- anti-submarine warfare, and the aircraft was rapidly becoming obsolete as an attack platform. Consequently, 98 of the RCN Avengers were fitted with an extensive number of novel ASW modifications, including radar, electronic countermeasures, and sonar boys. And the upper ball turret was, was the upper ball turret was replaced with a sloping glass canopy, which better suited for observation duties. Well, it's slow enough; you could definitely do that, no problem. Oh yeah, yeah. So these modified Avengers were designated as AS3. A number of these aircraft were later fitted with a large magnetic anomaly detector, or MAD, which is a boom on the left, rear left side of the fuselage and redesignated AS-3M. However, RCN leaders soon realized the Avenger's shortcomings as an AS- ASW aircraft, and in 1954 they elected to replace the AS-3 with the Grumman S-2 Tracker, which offered longer range, greater load capacity, carrying capacity for electronics and armament, and a second engine second engine a great safety benefit when flying long-range patrols so after the uh, cs2f trackers be, uh, were brought in in 1957 the avengers were shifted to training duties and officially retired in 1960 now if you guys can see the photo on the right hand side of the slide can you, can you see those strange looking light things yeah well what is up so the Canadians did a bit of camouflage research using the Avenger. So the T- the uh, TBN Avengers were used in wartime research in, into counter-illumination camouflage. The, the torpedo bombers were fitted with... Um, what do they call them? Yehudi lights. Yehudi? Oh, Yehudi lights. What the fuck is that? It's uh, Y-E-H-U-D-I. How the fuck do you pronounce that? No idea. Yehudi. <laughs> oh, I am, I am struggling today. Houdini lights. <laughs> Yehudi lights. Yehudi. Houdini lights. <laughs> um, the, the jihad lights. So these were a set Yehudi. of forward-pointing lights automatically adjusted to match the brightness of the sky. <laughs> the planes therefore appeared as bright as the sky rather than a, as dark shapes. The technology and development of the Canadian Navy's diffused lighting camouflage research allowed an Avenger oh. to advance within 3,000 yards before being seen. Huh. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So it could get within 3,000 yards of you before you actually noticed there was an aircraft there. That's scary. There. That's, um, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> no, that thing your just used speed. Slap that on the Yeah, your arrow. arrow is running to the ground, boy. You Canadian, <laughs> yeah. you... You can't see it anyway. See, and this one was put in by Dennis himself because it's, you know, um, Japanese. Uh, Of course. 
Dennis, I want you to remember that these oh things God, absolutely the demolished the Yamato. So, yeah, just let that sink in. It just doesn't look right having that big ass fat aircraft. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, look at it. It's, it's yes. like a pregnant it's bitch pregnant. With a tramp step. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that's what they actually call it. Was um. It was called the Guppy aircraft. That's what it looks like it. a Guppy. I can see it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the Japanese Maritime Self-Defense Force operated hunter-killer Avengers, Avenger groups in the 1950s to 60s. So basically they were single, uh, single seat with radar under the, uh, underneath it. That's what that pod is. And it just basically hunt, uh, operated as hunter-killers. Oh, that's radar. Huh. Yeah. That's ugly as hell. Yeah. I thought that was like a an extra fuel tank or something, bro. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. radar. What? I wonder how much cancer that pilot got. That. <laughs> Probably quite a bit. <laughs> Probably. I know, and I, and I know, I think Don has one of these for a model that he's going to make. Well, he's active on the server right now. I ask him. You ask him. I'm hosting. <laughs> uh, you know, join Zencaster. I'll be amazed if he actually jumped on. Oh, imagine! Serious question for you. <laughs> Whilst well, you do that, I can't. I'm at work. You fucking. Oh. <laughs> Who cares? Just say you're taking a call. <laughs> Technically, he would be. It's a business call. Yeah. Whilst he do, whilst he does that, uh, there were a few other Avenger operators after the war. Of course, you had France, Brazil, Netherlands, Uruguay, Cuba, and Nicaragua. Hey. Almost went bad. Hey. Hey. Oh, oh. Bleep that. Anyone else want to pronounce it? I am failing today, and I don't want to accidentally do something bad. That's where you do it. Oh, I don't trust. Me to say I don't trust Greg. <laughs> His marine ass. I am a goddamn civilian, okay? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, uh, that country. <laughs> I mean, I could, oh, my God. I could say it, but I don't think you guys would be happy with my pronunciation of it. Don uh, just oh? said... Just do it, do it and, I'll, can... and I'll edit it if it's bad. Let's get Don no, to say it. Let's get Don on to say it. <laughs> Imagine uh, he goes on and we tell him, "Hey, pronounce this country's name." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, a lot of Avengers were used for civilian uh, use as well. That's that's primarily, awesome. working... those look sick. Yeah, yeah. Like the the camo on the left is actually pretty cool. That is neat. Yeah. What were they? Uh, fire bombers. Uh, so they were used as spray applicators and water bombers throughout North America, particularly in the Canadian province of New Brunswick. Yep, makes sense. Yeah. Um, Forest Protection Limited of New Brunswick once owned and operated the largest civilian fleet of Avengers in the world. They began operating Avengers in 1958 after purchasing 12 surplus TBM-3Es from the Royal Canadian Navy. Use of the Avenger fleet peaked in 1971 when 43 aircraft were used as both water bombers and spray aircraft. The company sold three Avengers in 2004 to museums or private collectors. 
and the Central New Brunswick Woodsman Museum has a former FPL Avenger on static display. That would be cool to see. I should go see it next time I head out east. How close is that to you? Oh, like more than a day. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Uh, yeah. And if. An FPL Avenger that crashed in 1975 in southwestern New Brunswick was recovered and restored by a group of interested aviation enthusiasts and is currently on display at the Atlantic Canadian Aviation Museum. Oh, where's F- that? Uh, no idea. Atlantic Canadian Aviation Museum. That sounds if good, it's in, whatever it is. Yeah, if it's in uh, Nova Scotia, I swear to God, I'm going back next year. <laughs> <laughs> So the FPL was still operating three Avengers in 2010 configured as water bombers. That's cool. They were still being used. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, water bombers are sick. Yeah. However, one of these crashed just after takeoff on 23rd of April 2010, killing the pilot. The well, last because it was F- so damn heavy. Yeah. The last <laughs> FPL Avenger was retired. Jesus. The last one was retired 26th of July 2012. Oh. And sold. Oh. And sold to the Shearwater Aviation Museum in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Oh my god. <laughs> there, was one of the, there was one of those there and you missed it. <laughs> god damn it. How pathetic. Yeah. And I've just got a couple of uh, cool facts. Well, one of them's not cool, but the others are. Oh, the George Bush one. <laughs> oh yeah, did he almost get eaten by like cannibals? I was just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so in June 1943, shortly before his 19th birthday, future President George H.W. Bush was commissioned as the youngest naval aviator at the time. At <laughs> 19, that's, that's young. Later, while no, flying no, no, no. a TBM, a TBM <laughs> with VT-51 from USS San Jahit, uh Fuck off. I'm not going to pronounce <laughs> that. Fuck off. I've <laughs> had it up to here with these stupid fucking names. Um, his Avenger was shot down on 2nd of September 1944 over the Pacific island of Chichijima. However, Chichijima. He, was, however yeah. he released his payload and hit the radio tower target before being forced to bail out over water. Both his crewmates died. He was rescued at sea by the American submarine USS Finback. He later received the Distinguished Flying Cross. Of course he did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Another famous Avenger aviator was Paul Newman, who was a rear gunner. He hoped to be accepted for pilot training, but did not quali- qualify because he was colorblind. Fuck that oh. guy. That's annoying. Newman was on board the escort carrier USS, USS Holland, Hollandia, roughly 500 miles from Japan when the Enola Gay dropped the first atomic bomb on Hiroshima. Paul Newman, who's all I can think of is... Did he have something to do with like early SNL? That's like an all actor. I can think of. Yeah, Paul, Paul Newman, the actor. Yeah. Comedian. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I was like, that's that him. sounded really familiar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. As Ezra mentioned before, the Avenger was, was the type of torpedo bomber used during the sinking of the two Japanese super battleships, uh, the Musashi and Yamato. Now, after the war. There was a big mystery on the 5th of December 1945 with a flight of five Avengers known oh, as yeah. Flight 19, which later added to the Bermuda Triangle legend. Uh, this was uh, a case of Flight 19 was a training flight that flew out from Florida 
and they disappeared completely <laughs> thin air. They sent out. I say, that's a Bermuda Triangle, baby girl. Yeah. Um, if you want to know more about it, I would recommend an episode of the podcast Red Web. They cover that in one of their episodes of Flight 19. They they do a full extensive um, deep dive into it. It's actually a really good episode to listen to. I might listen to that after this. Mm. Uh, also, during World War II, the U.S. aeronautical research arm NACA used a complete Avenger in a comp- comprehensive drag reduction study in the large Langley wind tunnel. The resulting NACA technical report shows the impressive results available if practical aircraft did not have to be practical. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, it does. What the fuck? And finally, last but not least, our favorite. Models. Oh, no, not the monogram. (laughs) Oh, you already know, baby. So you know that you know the one that I built. I told you that I built years mm-hmm. and years and years ago. Top right, that academy one. That was the one I built. That one. Yep. Mm. That's How actually, was it? It's a good kit. I even remember back then it was pretty good to build. <laughs> See, academy is good, guys. I oh keep my telling god, them, Ezra! <laughs> academy seventy second aircraft are good to build. They're good for weekends. You know. So, hobby news. Uh, A&A models have got this 48th scale BF109Z-1, also known as the like Swan. It. That's like when it. they Germans tried to join two BF109s to create a sort of heavy fighter. German <laughs> engineering. Yeah. Were they following I really this... want. Yep. Were, yeah. were they following the same idea as like the, uh, the P51s that they smashed together? Like the G I or whatever? Uh, that's yeah. the... Probably. Uh, that's the P. I want it's like P fifty two or something like that. Or P fifty two. That's pretty P, funny, actually. Oh, something like, yeah, yeah. Or P eighty seven. Something they, they gave it. Funny enough, that the the twin Mustang shows um shares no part. F eighty two. Yeah, F eighty two. Um, it shares no parts with the uh, P fifty one. They just look. Oh, that's funny. Really? Yeah, oh. they're not. The parts are not interchangeable. Uh, anyway, Wait, they don't even share like the, the same engine. Um, I think they had slightly different engines because it's post-war. Oh, that's cool. I'm not, I'm not oh. sure. I need to look it up, but I'm pretty sure like most of the airframe can't be used. Like you can't hmm. switch. But yeah, the Germans tried it first with the uh, Z variant of the BF109. I really want one of these. I think they look cool. Yeah, that that yeah, it does. Um, like plain prototype looking uh, paint scheme is pretty neat as well. Yeah, the uh, the German NATO plane. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, tell me I, I'm wrong. <laughs> I notice a disturbing lack of swastikas on the tail. No, no, no. They got I wonder a, why the black tail. They've got the, uh, black diamond. Something <laughs> there. Ah. <laughs> disturbing lack of swastikas. <laughs> Oh, okay, that's right. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ooh. Dragon are bringing 35th detail into 72nd. They have they are releasing a Panzer IV Aus, Aus F1F. 
Um, this looks really cool, actually. For 70 seconds, there's a lot of details in it. Yeah. I mean, it's got the uh, the barrel for it is slide molded. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Very Do we good, know what the good. tracks are? Probably um, they like individuals. Most likely individual. dragon. I mean, it's dragon, yeah. Is that the actual box art on that thing? I hope not, because that looks like... That's fucking... awful. Uh, yeah, they could. They, they need to work on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, yeah. who's the cunt that did this fucking art, eh? <laughs> <laughs> this greasy-looking tank. <laughs> uh, continuing with Dragon, they are also releasing a T-3476 mod, uh, mod 1941 with the cast turret. So that's uh, 72nd scale as well. 34, who cares? Uh, MMK. These are a bunch oh. of resin kits bringing out varian, variants of the BMP. So we have uh, oh, stuff yeah, like the OC90, cool. um, BVD. They look cool. Uh, yeah, the OT90 and the M1. Yeah. Look at that <laughs> ambulance. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I think they look they look pretty cool. So I want have... the LOS and the T, OT90 in uh, 35th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look cool. Um, so these are resin kits with photo etch parts as well. So really photo etch. Yep. Wow. So this you'd seventy second. You could probably make a real a lot of dioramas using these. Yeah, these would be pretty good for them. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I this found is this cool. one interesting. This the is cool. Whip three D. Uh, it's. <laughs> I think it's all in French, so I'm not going to bother. But it's, it just looks. I think it, I just put it on just because it looks really cool as a truck. I mean, having the chains and stuff looks. Yeah. That actually, that would make a very good Horizon Island vehicle. It, I was actually thinking that. Those yeah. things, the uh, the engine is. I'm pretty sure right beside the driver's seat there. That's the engine. Yeah, you can see Mounted it right up, about uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that is. Uh, imagine getting a, a hot leg. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, KP models Ooh. have a bunch of gliders. So you have, so you've got a uh, two German ones, and actually, I think they're all German. No. Okay, but what the about the Japanese? Americans? When did the Japs use a goddamn glider? Not sure, but these are all. So these are the. Um, what do they call them? DFS Olympias or... Yeah, these are small single-seat uh, gliders in 72nd. I, I kind of want a, one. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I kind of want one. <laughs> yeah. But actually, they'll look really cool if you're making, um, like, say, a BF-110 or something like that and have that uh, pulling it. Yeah, you're right. Or even just, like, that crashed into the ground or something. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, some more KP models with a couple of Tiger Moths, the de Havilland DH82. So they are releasing one in RAF, and the other is that is the Royal Australian Air Force. Hmm. Nice. I like the one on the right. Yeah, the, the RAF one. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go for that one as well, just because the, the other one's Australian, and I can't take it <laughs> off. <laughs> I mean, I like the Australian spindle thing there, but the the RAF one just—I don't know. I feel like it's missing 
the the news the Australian one is missing that red on the tail, and it just bothers me. You know why that was? Yeah. Right? Well, because they weren't fucking French. No. Uh, why? Because the RAF, the Royal Air Force, the New Zealand, and the Australian, and everyone else who had a red dot as a roundel. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Marine you Corps Americans targets. keep shooting, trying to shoot them down because they just saw a red dot and thought it was Japanese. Well, yeah, they removed yeah, it. Story. Yeah, that's yeah. why. <laughs> and we've got even more for KP oh, models. Cool. These are more seventy second. These are the A Avia BA thirty three. Where they are bringing out two as Czech Republic, uh, Czechoslovakia, sorry, and another one that is, I think, Japanese. No, Russian. Can't be Japanese. How Must be Russian. Japs? It's just got a red dot, as a red dot. So you know, it's generic. Me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, Callum? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but these, so the. Avia BA-33 is a pre-war biplane, and they actually look kind of cool. I kind of like them. I like the vents on there, on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like an air I thought it was a, um, I thought it was a SPAD-13 at first. It's got that sort of look to it, doesn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd love to see a new tool SPAD-13 in 172nd. Yeah. Uh, and KP, are re- they're releasing a lot. Of models, so they have three Spitfires, a Spitfire Mark Two A, and a Spitfire P and two uh, two uh, Spitfire PR Mark uh, XI. That's a Mark Eleven. Uh, one in D Day markings <laughs> and the other in international markings. Nice. I like PR the. Uh, need to see it beautiful. in D Day markings. Yeah. I like the D Day markings up there. The blue. It'd be cool to see a model of that. It's yeah. an odd color blue. I really want to make. Uh, you know, you know how they painted the Spitfires in that light pink for a reconnaissance. Yeah. I'd love to do a pink Spitfire. I think they look cool. Dennis mm-hmm. should get Paige on that. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Uh, armor Q is bringing out Ooh. some Argentine artillery and armor. Uh, mainly a 155 millimeter Ooh. L33 model 1977 uh, artillery piece. It's for our uh, old group build. Yeah. Does it come with figures? Uh, not sure. And they also have a VCPC, which the minute I saw it, I just went Horizon Island. It looks yeah. like Horizon Island. Dude, I am this yeah, is it does. both of these, yeah. Yeah. I am Horizon Island tainted now. <laughs> Dude, we all are. Yeah, oh, Callum, did he refresh the slides? Uh yeah. Okay, cool. Don't nice. refresh the slides. Uh-oh. <laughs> On the Micro Machines podcast, whenever whenever someone says refresh the slides, it is always a crapshoot of if it's gonna be good or not. Hence why the <laughs> hence why the note of concern in my voice. <laughs> Don't worry, it's your old pal Greg. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We've got even more dragon armor. These okay. uh, we have a new Jagdpanzer four L seventy with that's Zimmerit. new. That's uh, dragon yeah, really how needs do we know better box art artists. Yeah. How do we need? Like, how do we know it's new tooled? Because uh, uh, scale mates told me. Okay. Mm. Hopefully. And they uh, also seem to be releasing an SDKFZ251-2LC 
that is the Hanna Mag with the six in- rockets um, on the side oh, of it. Oh, it's in 35th. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah it looks kind of nice. So they called that Hanna Mag the ground stuka. Those rockets <laughs> yeah. were literally held in wooden boxes that were made in the field. And it's kind of were- like the Katusha. Yeah. So they fired off randomly and it was um, a read reports of infantry inside the Hanna Mag. Um, Breathing a lot easier when they don't have high explosives strapped to the outside in wooden <laughs> frames. Funnily enough, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else have we got? AZ models with a 72nd Japanese aircraft. The uh, Yoko That's Suka a cool camo scheme. Chief. Pardon? That's a cool paint scheme. Yeah. So this, uh, so they're bringing out a Yoko Suka D4Y3, also known as the Judy. So it it looks like an elongated zero. Somebody <laughs> send that to Dennis right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know he will buy and build it. Oh yeah, he'll order four. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, as, what? As long as he paints it in this orange scheme, it looks cool. Yeah. He won't. He won't. Make a Canadian. <laughs> Uh, Trumpeter showing CAD renderings of an M1132 Striker Engineer Squad vehicle with the LWMR Mine Roller and SOB on it. So it's basically a Striker with a plow on the, with a um, bulldozer blade on the front. That actually looks really cool. Yeah, yeah I like it. Some uh, Afghanistan shit right there. Yep. Yep. HIDF. <laughs> Plowing the okay. fields. <laughs> <laughs> um, and thirty fifth, I think it's. I think this is thirty fifth. Oh, that is cool. Trumpeter are releasing the nine P nine P one four nine launching vehicle. Oh my vehicle. god, it's about time. Yeah. So these things look amazing. When has anyone else made a kit of this? Like not with the launcher, just no, a regular troop carrier. I'm Dude, not aware of one. I found these on Arma, like five months ago and i love them they are so cool yeah because this is another series based off the pc 76 <laughs> chassis isn't it some shit like the yeah, ad some wonky ass shit yeah but yeah i just know it's cool yeah i mean i'm not big on like cold war you know anything beyond vietnam i'm not into but i could get into this oh it's freaking <laughs> awesome bro you kidding me <laughs> Look at the camo scheme. It looks like wagon wheels. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, Trump yeah. Are, uh, following Tamiya, with their, <sighs> they are bringing out a 32nd scale F-35A. This is just the uh, box art for it. That's, idiots. that's pretty cool box art. I like the box art. Yeah. Yeah. No. Dragon, take notes. No. <laughs> uh, I'd love... Uh, I would have loved to see Dennis's reaction on this one. <laughs> just because it's Trumpeter. And going up against Tamiya <laughs> on the F-35A. It's just like, why though? Like, why? Bandwagon. Mm, that's, that's a good why. point. Yeah, yeah but... True. Yeah, bandwagon. Yeah. But it's like, it's the latest aircraft, fighter aircraft, but it's not an interesting looking aircraft. No. I, I'll yeah, be it's honest. Just gray. I <laughs> don't like the, uh, the fucking 35. It's just fucking ugh. Yeah. It's better than the A10. No, <laughs> I mean, I mean, in yeah. reality, yes, but it's it's not no. hard to be better than the A10. Yeah. This is true. 
what else have we got? Ah, yes, I guess <laughs> we're, we're, <gasps> legally we have to. Oh, 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 oh. It is the Andy's Hobby Headquarters new one sixteenth Tiger One early. And um, Ezra's Ezra, better go broke. <laughs> Ezra, read the message at the bottom. I can read that. <laughs> oh. Go and do it. <laughs> so this, okay, so this one's fair. been, so this one's been yeah. done as the Michael Whitman command tiger, which is why Ezra is now making those noises. That is Michael a very Whitman good... famously did nothing wrong ever, <laughs> except have his That's... brains blown out by a seventeen pounder. <laughs> his brains blown out. Bro. Oh no, his Only entire body was out. blown out. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you'd like that, Ezra. <laughs> Why are you the way that you are? Uh, <laughs> hey, that was he's... Jack saying that, not me. <laughs> this is Tacom, right? Yeah. So all of good and, marketing Andy stuff is strategy. all uh, Tacom stuff. Yeah, that that's this is genius. Making a Michael fucking Whitman Tiger one. <laughs> <laughs> this is genius. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're gonna sell so many of these. Yeah, oh, they were, I think they were already know. sold out or something like that. But yeah, um, probably. Yeah. I mean, you can guarantee it would actually be a really good kit to build. It's just... Oh, yeah, 100%. It's a Tiger 1. Like, they could have been more adventurous. No, I mean, okay, you can say that, but it's Andy's Hobbies Headquarters' second model kit. It goes Yeah, right he did a with, Sherman, then a Tiger. Of course, yeah, he's going to do the... It, that's weird, yeah, though, because the numbering is 003 on the box. Did he huh. do anything else? Uh, Didn't he was it the maybe stuff? the figure set? The figure set. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. No, um, wasn't it a Jeep? Willie's Jeep. Oh yeah, the Jeep. Did he do a yeah. Jeep? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's part of the Andy's Hobby Headquarters range, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. I need to look Probably. that up. Sure. Is it one sixteenth? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's a one sixteenth Easy Eight. Uh, Willie's Jeep, and now this that's been released. Mm-hmm. Right, 16 okay. scale is kicking off, eh? Oh, yeah. Well, just because of him, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, if I buy this kit, I will not build the. Um, I will not build Whitman's Tiger. You will. I will. No, okay. I will build Astra. that Tiger that got shot like 200 times. Ezra. Ezra. Just to take your view, rage out. <laughs> you tend to get kits that are meant for something and build them otherwise, like yes. this dog we gave you. Yeah, I'm so not does Dennis, make though, it to be fair. Dog. Okay, granted, we all do, but it's fun to pick on Ezra yeah. for doing it. But finished dogs are boring, and they're covered no. in swastikas, and swastikas are bad. It's historical <laughs> accuracy. Don't argue that, actually, Greg. <laughs> He's got you there. Well, I mean, I mean yes. Well, Star- I, mean, I mean, it all, it all, it all uh, comes from you know, like intent. Uh, I think the, I think everyone gives fin- Finland a pass on their swastikas because, like, like that was their that was what they used before. Uh, yeah, and all of that. Who are? Yeah, they didn't know they had what was going on. Sw- they they didn't have the full swastika there, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they, oh, did. they did. That was their insignia for everything. Yeah. Um, I think it was later in the war they changed it to the uh, blue and white roundel. They're like, hey, get yeah. this shit off of this. I mean, didn't Indians use swatskas a lot as well? Yeah, yeah. It means peace. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I almost said Redskins, but I, I <laughs> oh my censored <God>. myself. <laughs> you know what else means peace? Apparently the Confederate flag. <laughs> Oh, it's peace under those certain terms and conditions. Yeah. Yeah. They stay on the reservations and there'll be peace. Oh, yeah. Um, it's funny, like, Finland <laughs> in the war, they're, they're, they're this weird sort of, like, they're against the Soviets, which are allied, using allied planes and equipment and stuff like that, but fighting for the Germans, but no one wants them to actually lose. Like they were fighting, they were like on Germany's side, but not fighting for Germany. Like yeah. if they're just they're just alone, fighting they for themselves, have... pretty much. Yeah, they, the like, enemy yeah. of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, I just feel yeah, sorry that's... for um when they were using Finished the doctrine. Yeah, I just I just felt sorry for them if they were using the I think it was what was the BT they converted uh, the BT forty two. Yeah, the BT forty two. Yeah, because when you think about that, that's a Soviet tank with a German made turret with a British. Um, gun in it. Yeah, it's like what happens it's if something so breaks? <laughs> yeah, it is the ultimate cursed tank. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, what's that? Abrams in finished builds. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, you you just saw the Hello Kitty one, didn't you? No, no, no. Th- there's an Abrams the Hello with Kitty like sick with like oh, spoke it has, like, wheels. A dick ring. Oh, yeah, it has thing. a dick ring and. Oh yeah, yeah. What yeah. is that? The, the JDM Abrams. Oh dear. Oh my god, that's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> that's <laughs> Props to ever built it though. That's fucking yeah. No, it's yeah. sick. <laughs> I love how it looks like there's like a big blood stain on the front. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> anyway. Oh, we got the whips. So I'm gonna stop uh... talking for a bit, and I'm gonna get let you can't talk. <laughs> with your works in progress and greg you're up but don't all right not wake up will yeah um okay so i've got three slides uh mainly because model machine no longer broke i am officially out of california i'm out of the military and i'm in uh home state now kansas is that a uh, fucking old... katana it is yeah i'm getting to that jack calm yourself okay okay i just <laughs> I had to intervene. Go yes. ahead. Um, so believe it or not, there's not very many hobby stores or like hobby, our hobby stores in San Diego and Los Angeles within a decent driving distance. It was like an hour and almost 30 minutes to get one way. Uh, so I never went. And uh, now that I'm here in Wichita, it's literally a nine minute drive. It's because it's in the center of the city and they have this huge highway running through the entire city. Um, uh, so you can get anywhere like nine, ten minutes. And I went and I bought some kits. So I got the Archer, the Tamiya Archer. Got the Tamiya M151A2 tow jeep. That's going to be for a Horizon Island build. I'll talk about it later. Then I got the Tamiya uh, 222 with nice. a aluminum barrel and Fedowich. I'm working on that one right now, and we'll get that. We'll get it's to beautiful. that in the next slide. Oh, thank you. Then. Uh, Bottom left is where I'm currently recording at. Uh, nice big tree and a little camper because uh, working on getting a house. And then right hand side is the Hobby Town Wichita where I do my modeling and shopping. And then the center is a Japanese officer sword picked up from I think it was Saipan. 
Uh, it was crazy. somewhere in the Pacific. Yeah, there's. If you guys want to know the story, I can tell it to you real quick of how they got it. Go for, Go it. for it. All right. So, uh, my grandfather's friend from college, uh, he was a Marine. He was a BAR gunner in the Pacific, <clears throat> and uh, they went on a patrol. And the one time, uh, I think this was before he got his BAR, he was carrying an M1 Grand, and he was point man on patrol. And uh, this Jap came out of nowhere with a sword and swung at him from, like, top down. Uh, and he put his rifle up to block it, and it knocked the rifle out of his hand and the sword out of the Japanese's hand. And uh, it knocked the Marine to his knees, the, the, oh. the force did. And the Jap went to get a sidearm, and the guy grabbed his K-bar from his boot and swung it up and sliced the dude's throat. He said he's, he he stopped counting people, about 30-something people in. He stopped counting how many people he killed, but he said uh, that was the only kill that ever bothered him, seeing the, the look of surprise on that dude's face. So once uh, once Homeboy finally bled out, they left, and on their way back, he picked up the sword, and they picked up some other stuff. Wow. So wow. It's, uh, it's going to go up on my wall, along with my uh, most Nagant and... Soviet helmet from World War Two and uh, AT4. That's crazy. Yes. The next slide, please. Okay. Thank you very much. So, uh, top left-hand picture is the Wichita, Kansas Aviation Museum. Uh, it doesn't look like much from the outside, besides a big, pretty building, but there's quite a lot on the inside. So, if you want to check see some of the pictures from that including the aircraft uh i'll have a video up on my youtube channel at some point and then my first time experiencing fall like leaves actually changing colors so we got here and everything oh is it yeah yeah like that's not that's not photo edited that's like actually yellow trees um because in texas it just dies (laughs) goes from green i'm gonna send you some pictures (laughs) <laughs> Please do, because fall, I've always loved the different fall colors, and now that we're here in Kansas, uh, everything was green when we first got here. There's a couple red trees, but like the other day, I drove to storage, like 90% of the trees were green, and then the next day after, I'm not kidding you, like two-thirds of them were either orange, yellow, or red. Like they transferred overnight. It was insane. Um, and then top right is the Hobbytown Wichita set up where I do my modeling and display dioramas. And then the bottom half is the 222 diorama layout. Uh, It's going to be relatively small compared to what I'm used to, but basically it's going to be South Russia, 24th Panzer Division, 1942, about August time frame before Stalingrad really really kicked off. Um, Basically, it's going to be a wooden uh, fence that you see there on the bottom right. It's going to be going across the diorama. Half of it's going to be down as if the 222 ran it over. And then the 222 is going to be sent behind a bush, giving some suppressing fire for the Germans running over the gate and around the 222 to flank some position or some shit. That's a good idea. Thank you. The next slide, please. Ooh. Okay. Excuse me. So, um, this was a last minute. I say last minute. I've been wanting to do this for a little while. 
Uh, I'm finally making a big Horizon Island diorama, and so I got the Toad Jeep, which is, like we saw earlier on the stream, exactly like the one in Arma. And then uh, I've been trying to pick up the M114 with full interior from TACOM uh, for a couple days now, so I've, I found one on eBay uh, that can get here mid-November. And then those are all the figures I got for it. So two extra nice. crewmen, nice. a bunch of infantry and crewmen, uh, Jeep drivers, a guy with a flag, and then a guy with a camera. It's going to be a T-intersection. That 114 is going to be on the grass opposite side of the intersection. The bunch of those dudes hanging out. There's going to be... Uh, remember that TACOM uh, German bus I have? A little, like, short bus or whatever? Uh, yep, uh, yep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, make the, that uh, looks complete. Like yeah, yeah, I'm gonna make that like completely destroyed. Like it got blown up or something. It, I know. I wanted Aww. to do something. Else. I want to do a Ukraine build with it, but I don't know. Maybe I'll find something else. But I want some Send vehicle on me, the left hand side. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want some vehicle on the left hand side of that T intersection to be like destroyed, so the road's blocked. So it's like a uh, it's like a roadblock in redirectory, right? Like a detour sign. That guy's there flagging on the the tow jeep to go to the right instead of the left, and they got a bunch of infantry there just kind of guarding it. But uh, I know it's kind of hard to envision now. I'm just talking about it, but it's going to be pretty sweet. Oh yeah, I'm sure you've got a whole like plan for it, and we'll be seeing some whips of this soon. Oh, absolutely, yeah. and I'm going to take my time and try to do homemade palm trees this time. So. Ooh. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Nice. Sweet. Can't wait to see it. Or... Thanks, I like fellas. the Israeli tankers. Oh, I'm surprised you found out that they were Israelis. Uh, that's nice. <laughs> I got, I got a, it's kind of funny. I've got American Vietnam Jeep drivers, American Vietnam photographer. I've got a New Zealand infantry and crewmen on the bottom right. I got Israeli Defense Force the middle than that Russian guy with the flag. <laughs> <laughs> nice. HIDF, baby. Multicultural. Absolutely. Nice. Uh, right. Who was up next? Oh, yeah, me. Oh, it's <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> so, this is for the Battle of the Bulge group build. Uh, I'm building a Sturmpanzer for the Brumba. So, this is the early Tamiya kit. So it's the early version of the uh, Broomba. So I managed to finally get it all built up the other week. Uh, decided with the Schutzen, the side skirts, I cut them all up into the individual panels and kind of jumbled them up a bit. Like, you know, I had the left ones and the right-hand side ones separated. But within those, I jumbled them all up and then put them on randomly. Just so you can see here how they don't really fit together properly. And, you know, there's a bit of... You know, just try and make it look like they're just trying to ca uh, cover up weak points with random bits mm -hmm. they were using. And give it a bit more, you know, like variety. And uh, ultimately, I'm going to get the Dremel out and uh, do some battle damage to them. You know, try and make them, try and thin them out so I can bend them and stuff like that, you know? That's going to be neat. Right on. Yeah, so I'm going to try and do this <laughs> one. Uh, ambush, camouflage, and then whitewash. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. The whitewash. How heavy? How heavy are you going on the whitewash? Uh, 
not sure. Haven't decided yet. Usually I decide that when I'm doing it. <laughs> um, enough, and yeah. then, like, there's going to be snow and slush on it, and then it's probably going to have a, la- a light layer of snow as if it's been sitting overnight in a town or something. Dude, nice. I, I cannot wait to see that. I love ambush camo, and I love fucking whitewash. Yeah, yeah it's going to look awesome. Yeah, so I can't, I can't wait. Uh, but at the moment, I'm working on the secret project, my first ever commission build. So, yeah, that one I know you guys know about. Oh yeah, yeah, you guys have seen me building it up. Um, yeah, that one is um, that's a new experience for me. Uh, when when I've finished it and uh, given it back, uh, well, presented it, then I'll show you show everyone what I've been working on. Well, all you listeners, everyone in the podcast has seen it. Sounds but, good. Yeah. Right on, man. That's great. Oh, there's my steward. Oh, that looks so good. Look at that little yeah, guy. Thanks. I, I don't know about the uh, image quality there, but... um, so Yeah, cute. so I've been building up my steward again, now that I've got my uh, turpits done. Uh, started focusing on this. So I've got... I did all like the normal weathering on the tank and everything. And this is all pretty much after I matched the uh, foliage with the uh, foliage like around on the diorama. Because that's pretty important just to get it all looking like it's from the same place. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of like it's it's kind of an interesting experience blending between like a tank and a diorama just to make it look like it belongs there i don't know it's fun uh yeah thoughts i think it looks awesome yeah it does i'm liking it so far there's um i i was originally gonna bring it to great hobbies when i was done with it just put it in the display case but uh there's actually a uh a museum in my town that just opened up like a week ago and it has some dioramas in there, but they're pretty shit. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I talked to the, uh, one of the guys about it, like the employees at the museum. It's just at the local armory. They just got it started. I talked to one of the guys there this weekend and they said that they'd be willing to take it, especially since this is from the fourth armored division. Uh, Dude, that's nice. So it, Congrats! It fits their criteria. Like just by some uh, luck, it just is what they are willing to display. So, yeah. Are they gonna Might. pay you or? Uh in exposure. Make them. Make them. Make them uh, we'll see. You gotta put we'll a, uh, a MMP thing right there. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm definitely plugging like my instagram and all that good yeah i i got the mmp card and then the uh the instagram card i'll get dennis to print me out some cards i haven't asked him yet so this can be uh me asking him when he <laughs> is forced to listen to this episode after you've already <laughs> given it yeah well um, i think it's looking pretty yeah. awesome yeah, yeah dude, thank you and you, you're only adding that one figure right you said yeah, yeah, just the one, um, because it's pretty, it's like a pretty crowded scene, not gonna lie. Uh, 
Yeah, like fair. not too crowded, but I don't think I could do more than one figure. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 I haven't done too much figure painting, so this will be interesting. <laughs> How are you gonna do the flush, you think? Um I'm just trying my best to find Vallejo flesh tones that are in stock. Whenever I go, uh, there's like flat flesh is always out of stock. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'm going to try to do like the uh, the night shift glazing method. Uh, okay. Just in many coats. I don't know. Yep. yep, yep. How do you usually do your figures? Uh, I hate doing flesh. So oh. I get uh, to me a flat flush and the airbrush, and I airbrush. Oh, yeah, so I'll prime everything black, then I'll airbrush the flat flush on the, you know, where the flush goes, and then I'll paint the figure up. And then once the figure's, you know, painted, I'll add uh, the fucking. Your other tones? Yeah, like I'll do. Uh, like an oil wash or a Reichland flush shade, or if they need like face paint or whatever, I'll put that on first. But I never, and I might do one coat of flat flush or something in case it was a little too thin. But I never, I, I have, I have stopped face painting. If that makes sense, I cannot fucking stand it. Yeah, I might, I might just do that as well because it's worth it. It because you can get a lot yeah. of figures done doing that. Because mm-hmm. for me the the, law, the hardest part was figure painting. The flush. Yeah, that makes sense. But however you do it, I'm sure it's going to be fucking titties. Hopefully. Yeah, I hope. Um, what have we got next? Uh, that, oh, oh, that's it. Okay. Right on. How are we doing for time, you guys? Uh, I don't know. Oh. We've... Stop the recording how many times, so. though? I should probably hop off fairly soon. Yeah, same. It's 11.30 here. Okay. Uh, so, on the screen, you can see our advert for the Battle of the Bulge group build. So, that started on the 1st of September, and it's running till 25th of January, 2023, which, is the, which was the uh, length of time that the actual Battle of the Bulge uh, went on for. So, we are doing a group build, group build for it. Um, any scales, project style, anything like that, as long as it pertains to the campaign. So you can do access, like I am. You can do allies. You can do aircraft, as long as you can prove it that that it was there. So that one's going to be the hard one. But artillery, infantry, armor, anything like that, you let us know. Uh, you can contact us in multiple ways: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, email, email us, um, join our Discord. You know, there's. There's a lot of ways. We'll link all our socials in the video. But basically, if you want to join, you can just join the group build as is, or you can join the competition. Um, we will be judging uh, all com- uh, entries, and we have a first, second, and third prize. First prize being a 35th scale Hobby Boss T26E4 Pershing Pilot. So that will go to first place, plus some custom MMP decals. Uh, second place, we'll be getting some 3D printed stuff and a decal sheet. And third place, we'll just be getting a decal sheet. Um, notable, we do have uh, James Skiffin from Just Making Conversation podcast. He has joined us. And we have got... How many How many people in the group build, you reckon, you guys? Oh, oh. God. 
I don't That's know. That's a good question. No uh, idea. Dude, it's... I'd say at least... There's quite a few, eh? I know we've got quite a few. We've kind of lost count. I would... If I had a guess, I would say probably about 11. That's yeah, on the low a, side. That's on the low side. I was going to say 15. Yeah. yeah like, somewhere somewhere around there. So, you know, you can join it. Uh, let us know whenever you let us know. And also, we have our Patreon up. That is just uh, Patreon slash Micro Machines Podcast. We have one video up there, which is an extra. So that's a three-tiered <laughs> system. For a dollar, you get an extra <laughs> episode, usually ones that we record and have problems with. So... <laughs> sort of uh yeah you get you get an extra one you get our um, garbage yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh level two that's two dollars a month that helps us support our fuzzy little podcast member pinju the red panda hey. and third tier which is three dollars a month that gets you everything and anything we post uh, behind the scenes stuff uh bloopers um a lot of stuff that we can't release to youtube uh <laughs> There's quite a bit of that. Like actually. a lot of this episode. Yeah, there's, 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 a lot of, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of jokes and stuff that can't go to YouTube, but are still funny if you're that way inclined. Um, so that's all content that, that will be inclined. on uh, tier three. So yeah, it's only one, two or three dollars a month. It's not much. So, you know, give us a bit of support. Um, oh, I've got a question actually. Go for it. Um, not related to the Patreon, but to the uh, group build. Are we yep. going to be making uh, an episode judging? Uh, I think we'll release an. Uh, I think we'll release an episode showing uh, showcasing them all, like showcasing, showcasing them all. So all submissions, but then at the end we'll have whoever won first, second, and third. All right. Yeah. 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 And we could just do. It could be like a. 30 or 40 minute special just going over a bunch of builds yeah yeah and that you know, going you through know. going through our notes of like why we chose this one to win why this one got this or whatever <sighs> um you know just going through and like like we'll have oh, the we results should... anyway but it'll just be a sort of judging you know us verbally commenting on how well they did what we liked and all that because we're not uh we're going to be judging it purely on so it's not like IPMS where it's like, oh, this is overweathered or something like that. Um, yeah. You know, we're judging it on what you put into it. Uh, so, like, if you get, if you try an effect and we can see you're getting creative with it and you kind of pull it off, you'll get points for that sort of thing. We should yeah, uh, also... Don't, don't with do... Like some, oh, sorry, you go. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I going to say real quick. Uh, historical accuracy, you don't... That's definitely going to give. That's kind of what we're looking for. Also, I know I've had a couple of people ask me, "Well, can I use like a this vehicle that wasn't there?" But like, like for instance, a guy on Facebook he said he didn't know if the Panther A was at the Battle of Bulge, but he wanted to throw it in anyways. Like that's totally fine. But if you're trying to go for competition, just know that historical accuracy for the competition is going to be a big part. Yeah. So for so there's sort of two tiers to the group build. There's the there's the competition, then there's just the friendly submission. Um. If you want either or, just let us know. Again, in the oh socials. yeah, with yeah. Um, submissions, we should like we should have them include like uh, like a statement about it, like going over 
what they tried and all that, like just kind of like an artist sure, statement. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we have that on the submission do form. We? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's all, it's that's good. That's good. So, um, we do have submission forms and stuff like that all set up. So, which will come as the we'll send to everyone who joins the group build. Um, we have one rule that no one in the MMP podcast can enter the comp- competition and win or enter at all. Uh, we, we're keeping the competition solely for people who join. Um, yeah, just so you're aware, I'm going to know your address when you win first place, so just beware. <laughs> I want that goddamn fucking Pershing. Uh, yeah. Greg may or may not send it to you. We don't know. <laughs> check your mailbox. <laughs> don't check your mailbox. But Otherwise, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Any notes? Anything like that? Uh, her, ooh, add a slide at the end of this, please, with all of the HIDF fucking stuff you that uh, you guys have done. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, for those who want to join, it's not a group build as such; it's more of a model world. Is that what we'll call it? Yeah. It's yeah, our um, it's our universe team. Yeah, thing. we have a, yeah. a model universe that we're creating. Her cinematic uh, universe. Yeah, so it's the Horizon Island Defense Force. So it's basically, um, if you got, and I, if you want to like break the norm, if you got a shelf queen that's sitting there that you're not sure what to do, or if you want to just do something a bit different than following, you know, doing this certain vehicle from this division and all of that. If you want to just go a bit nuts, and yeah, break the mold basically. We have the Horizon Island. Uh, we've got an episode up of Greg and Dennis discussing it. Um, Highly recommend. Yep, I recommend watching it. It's pretty good. And also, uh, if you've got any questions about it or anything like that, just flick us or any of us a message. We'll happily reply to you. We are definitely high on HIDF. We are. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's also, to emphasize on it, if you make a fucking Hello Kitty Hellcat and say this is a HIDF naval, anti-naval gun on an island and no one's gonna shit on you cause like, it's, oh, yeah. you're even though we all world. know it's JDM <laughs> 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 but yeah, so that, so if you want to try something a bit different um, let us know let us know your ideas uh, we're doing we're all doing some really interesting stuff. Me myself, I'm going to be converting an M113 um, into a flamethrower tank. Uh, I'm just oh, waiting. Man. I'm just waiting on sheets of styrene to uh, become available. Uh, oh yeah, wait for that. Yeah, I've got a I've got a Volkswagen Beetle that I'm going to be putting a 50 cal on. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, Dennis has got an M114 up. Uh, he's made an M114 and a T55 that look awesome. Greg's got his T72? T62. T62. And Don has got... What was it? He oh, made yeah, an Don. M60. He made, a, he made a rusty M60. Was it an M60? Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, it was. yeah it was. And he is currently working on a Gaz... Um, it's a Gaz, isn't it? It's not a Jeep, it's yeah. Gaz. Yeah, it's, working yeah, on it's a Gaz. Gaz an M60 and an M1919 and with a tiger stripe pattern it all looks fucking amazing it looks really cool yeah but, that that is one thing it's uh I'll say this anything like especially cold war era you're 
in beforehand, you're definitely going to, it's like the best stuff to use. Yeah. But at the same time, it's whatever you want. Yeah. Like if you've got a Sherman that you want to convert, that'll be awesome. You know? Yeah. Even, well, like even that beetle, the, it's a very, it's a very, uh, it's a global car. They've yeah. produced a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, uh, if we don't have anything else anyone wants to talk about, no, nope. I think that's it. Well then, you have been listening to the Micro Machines podcast, and if you have listened up to this point, we thank you. Um, really, uh, we're kind of amazed you get yeah. to this point. Yeah, uh, what the hell? <laughs> How'd you do it? Yeah, don't know how you did it, but uh, congratulations if you did. Uh, next week, we actually, yeah, next week or next episode, whenever we manage to record it, our recording schedules are being a little bit weird lately just because of life stuff. Um, but next episode, I'm not sure if everyone knows this, but uh, Floki from Floki's Models will be joining us where we'll Wait, be talking really? about the oh. SDKFZ251 Hanomag. Oh, so, that's exciting. Yeah, so Floki's going to be joining us next next episode. But until then, I hope all you listeners and viewers have a very good time and keep modeling. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I have a question. What? Regarding Horizon <laughs> Island. Yeah. So okay. say one was to build a gas Jeep. Uh-huh. Could I feasibly put an 88 millimeter Flak 37 on the back of it and if paint you it Uh... If you I can, mean, yes. I'll be impressed. <laughs> yes, do oh. yes, do it. Okay. Challenge accepted. Okay, then. Well, then. Thank you for listening. Well, then. <laughs> <laughs> and goodbye. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>